I've always been a writer. I've always been an avid reader. So I believe that people who read a lot in their mind or in their heart, they have a book in them someplace. And that was me. You are listening to the Purpose of Money podcast, a podcast where we talk about ways to build wealth and create more freedom in your life today. I am your host, Aquania Escarnet. Hey guys, welcome back to the Purpose of Money podcast. I'm super excited. Today we have special guest Terry Ann Johnson. She is a national best-selling author for her contributions to the Marco Publishing Group's anthology, Spice and Brown Girls Books, All I Want for Christmas. She has always had an enthusiasm for reading, which blossomed into a desire to write. Terry works in the financial field and loves to travel with her family and friends. She is the mother of a young son and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, where she is a featured author for the 2019 Delta Authors on Tour in Washington, D.C. and Hampton, Virginia. Faith Alone is her debut novel, which has just been purchased by a film producer. Hey, Terry, (laughs) welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Kwani. This is a blessing. How's everything going today? Everything's going good. For my listeners, we're both in the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. Terry and I are proud members of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And I'm so excited that she is also a member of my chapter. So I get to mm-hmm. highlight one of the successful Delta women who I have the pleasure of knowing for quite some time. We met when I was in college, actually. And yes. now we're beyond those <laughs> quite years. Quite some time, yeah. <laughs> beyond those years, but we're still enjoying each other's company. So I'm really excited because I feel like I've been able to experience your journey from the beginning and a proud advocate of your first book. I read Faith Alone on the beach when back in the day when we used to be able to travel and Mm -hmm. I was visiting the Grand Cayman Islands, I believe. And I read it in almost 24 hours. Like it was the bomb. And you told me you were going to save it for that beach trip too. And you did. Yes. Yes. I stick to my word. And let me tell you guys, I don't read paperback books anymore. And I had a paperback copy and Mm -hmm. I just became this lover of audio books. So I was really worried. I was like, am I going to finish this book? But girl, it was too good. And I think at the time the audio wasn't out yet. But now it is on audiobook. So if yes. anyone would like to, yeah, it is on audiobook now. Good. So, so thank y'all you. hear that? You can yep. read the audiobook, listen to the audiobook, or read the paperback. Mm-hmm. But let's get back into how you became an author because a lot of people are curious about this process mm-hmm. and they're interested in doing the same thing you're doing and having similar success. So let's start with when did you discover you could write? I want to know a little bit more about that because that's a skill that everyone doesn't have. Right. So I've always been a writer. I've always been an avid reader. So I believe that people who read a lot in their mind or in their heart, they have a book in them someplace. And that was me. So I always knew I wanted to write, but the time not sure if I really believe I had the time to write. So I put it off and put it off. When I was at GW, I did take a journalism class. So it's always been in me. I took Shakespeare classes. I love Shakespeare. 
Back in the day, we had Terry McMillan, we had Elan Harris, we had Toni Morrison, we had Maya Angelou. We read those books and they just inspired me. So I believe that what made me take the jump to actually do it, because I always had the desire, but I believe that what made me take the jump to actually start putting pen to paper, say, I'm going to get this out of my brain. I'm going to get it off my heart. Just go ahead and do it was um, when I had my son is now nine. And I just believe that I wanted him to see his mom doing something that she had a passion for and that she always dreamed that she would do so. At the end of the day, I can always tell him dreams do come true so that he could have something to, you know, latch on to it as he gets older. He can say, if she did something that she really wanted to do, then I can probably do something that I've always wanted to do. So I believe that was the my muse that made me say, okay, now is the time to go ahead and do it. That is a wonderful story. And it's so funny how our families motivate us to do the craziest mm-hmm. things. But what right. you're doing, like you said, is for his overall benefit because he's seeing you perform a passion and be successful. And I'm sure he's seen in the difficult times too. So tell us about this writing process. Cause I know you didn't just wake up and all the words just came flowing. Mm-hmm. So Mm-mm. tell us nope. about your nope. writing process so, yeah. and the publishing. It's okay. Okay. So the process, I am a learner. I like, I love classes. I love going to school, love classes. So when I decided that I wanted to do it, I signed up for classes to learn the craft. Even though, like you just said, the words just didn't start coming out. This or just poof, it just started happening. I took classes from Victoria Christopher Murray, who became my publisher, and we'll and we'll talk about that. A Christian fiction author, Rhonda McKnight, and also another author, Brian Smith. So I took classes from them actually to learn the craft, even as I was writing. So. Like I can say, I love taking classes. So it, that wasn't a tough thing for me to do. Since I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I knew I wanted to do it. And I knew I wanted to have something up under me to say, oh, okay. That I could actually understand the craft. So that was how I actually got started. So to transition from writing a book to getting published, I wrote a short story. And Christmas is my favorite time of the year. So I wrote a short story and it was based around Christmas time for one of my classes. So again, my publisher, who was also one of my teachers, Victoria Christopher Murray, she's a sorrow as well. She's actually in Washington, D.C. alum. She saw the story and it just so happened that her publishing company, um, Brown Girls Books, did an anthology, All I Want for Christmas. So I saw that on Facebook and I said, I am going to submit. So I got it together, submitted, and I probably submitted the day it was due, but I knew I was not going to miss that deadline. So I did submit and there are 19 authors that were actually chosen for that anthology. So that was the first publication. So I took that small short story, I guess it may have been 8,000 words, and made that into the debut novel, Faith Alone. I stretched it out to about 40,000 words, made it more of a story in summer of 2018. Got it. That's amazing. 
Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this podcast episode. I just wanted to take a break and share a story about an amazing woman who has created freedom and wealth in her life. I promised I'd share these kind of stories on the podcast, and this week I'm highlighting Terry Igioma of Trade and Travel. Terry has an amazing story about how she went from being an assistant principal making $40,000 a year to a swing trader making $100,000 a day in quarantine. Terry started out investing just a little bit of her money and had a goal to make $300 a day. She just wanted to replace her income so she could travel more and work less. Let's just say she mastered investing in the stock market and is now teaching others how to trade too. Check out my website, thepurposeofmoney.com slash invest to learn more about how Terry accomplished financial freedom through investing. Remember, check out thepurposeofmoney.com slash invest to learn more about Terry Igioma and her course, Trade and Travel. Was there any pressure from your teachers to push to the longer novel and a little bit of inspiration mm. too? Or? Probably not more of a push. It probably was more of an inspiration. I knew, you know what happened? The characters kept talking too. So I knew I wasn't done with the story. So the characters kept talking. Things kept popping up. Little scenes may pop up here. Another scene may pop up there. So I knew that it could evolve into a larger story. And I love the characters. I love the people. And I love, and the story is based in Washington, D.C. I love my city. So it was it was good. good. I love that. I love that. So a lot of people out there struggle between getting a publisher or seeking Mm -hmm. self publishing. Mm -hmm. Did you at any time have that debate with yourself? And if so, what made you decide to go with a publisher? Okay. So Brown Girls Books is a small boutique publishing company. So it wasn't really hard to decide because I knew they didn't have um, a whole lot of authors. At this point, they may have 40 authors in total, but that's throughout the five or six years that they've been in existence. So within a year, they may publish three to four books by other authors. So that didn't seem overwhelming as a full-time accountant, because I do work full-time. I did feel as though self-publishing might have required more time than I actually had since I do have a full-time job and just being new, not really understanding the industry. So it wasn't that hard, but since I have self-published a short story that is actually, people can purchase as well. So I do know that I will kind of transition to try to self-publish on more works as well. At the time, no, because just being, just feeling overwhelmed with the process inspired me to go with the um, Brown Girls books. Okay, that's really good. And it's helpful too, because a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs, which means we have jobs just like me. I have a nine to five. And then I'm pursuing selling life insurance and hosting Mm -hmm. a podcast. So we are all very busy, but we have these passions and side hustles Mm -hmm. that we want to see grow. And so I think that was a really good perspective that you provided. So in your process of being with a publisher, did they provide everything like the contract, attorney, or did you need any of those services to really know if this was the best deal for you? How did you navigate that? We did sign a contract. So yes, they did provide a contract. 
they did not provide an attorney, but I did have an attorney look over the contract for me because it's business. So we just want to make sure, and I'm not the lawyer. I'm a bean counter. I just wanted to make sure that a lawyer um, looked through it just to make sure everything was good. And he agreed that it was. So that was the route that we went. And I signed a contract. And it's not a long-term contract. It's really per book. Like they don't have me for five years or anything like that. It'll say, we need to get 10 books out of you in five years. It's actually a contract per book. Okay. So I think that's good too. And that still allows me to be able to do some self-publishing as well. I like that. I think that's good. So let's tell people more about Faith Alone. Cause I feel bad. We talked about the book. We talked about mm-hmm. the title. We mm-hmm. didn't talk about what the story is about and right. why it's so amazing. So tell my listeners, what is Faith Alone about? What was your inspiration to tell this particular story? And then we'll get into the juicy movie deal. Faith Alone, again, is based in Washington, D.C. And it's the story of 42-year-old Michelle Jackson. She's living her best life. She's in a happy marriage. She loves her job. But then all of a sudden, she finds out that she's facing a life-threatening pregnancy. And then in the midst of that, a tragedy occurs. So faith alone, in faith alone, we watch Lachelle navigate the storms of her life while leaning on her faith. Beautiful. Did you always know that you wanted to tell stories from a Christian perspective? I did. I'm going to be honest with you. And I don't say this too often, but when I was younger, actually when I was going to GW, I would catch the subway from home to school. And a lot of times I saw young girls reading books and I won't name any authors, but just reading books that I felt that were just not things that high school or even middle school girls should be reading. So I do believe that has always stayed with me to be able to put content out that anyone can read. Like my mom probably sells more books for me than anybody. She could take my, <laughs> she could take my books to church without feeling a certain kind of way about what's in it. It's inspirational. It gives people hope. If you're going through something, there's some scriptures in there, but it's funny moments. It's like for real people. It's like for down to earth people. I don't have billionaires, people flying off and going to, um, (laughs) flying off and meeting a billionaire on the airplane. I believe it's, it's really for, it's really real people, real faith. I like that. I, I know we may not be able to t- talk much about the details of your right. book being purchased to make a movie, but I actually want to know about the process. Similar to how you navigated into writing where you submitted your short story for an anthology, mm-hmm. is the process similar for movies? Is there a central place where you go or was this something really spearheaded by your publisher? How does that process work? It was definitely spearheaded by the publishers, Victoria Christopher Murray and Rashonda Tate Billingsley. They're the founders and owners of Brown Girls Books. So they have, I guess you would say, networks. And with the pandemic happening, people are looking for content because we're home. People are looking for new content to put on either streaming services or cable TV so that is, was actually the uh, impetus for 
the request, we need content. And they look through their books. So actually, they picked six of their titles, and Faith Alone was one of one of the six to say, we could see this being a we we could see this being on TV. We could see this being a movie. And it's funny because as I do book clubs, one of the questions that I always ask is who can you see as Lachelle? Who do you see as Brian? Who is Keisha? So we play that game um, when I talk to book clubs um, as well. It was, I felt like I spoke it into fruition. And trust me, with the next one, I'll always ask, who do you see if that's what I need to do to push it into the universe? That's what I will continue to do. That leads me into a great next question. What is next for Terry Johnson? Because some of us loyal readers are waiting. Look, let me tell you something. Sometimes I have felt like I can't even go on Facebook (laughs) because I know my loyal readers are like, what is she doing on Facebook? She needs to be writing. So, and I know that. So trust me. Okay. What's next is the follow up for Faith Alone. Yes. And it is called Switched. So the question is, will there be a scheme like a hospital scheme that some nurses or somebody may have switched some babies? Possibly, but we don't know. So in Switch, we're going to find out. And I will say this, and I'm saying this publicly, the rewrites, because I'm actually doing edits now, the rewrites are due to the publisher on Thanksgiving. So yes, we putting that out in the atmosphere too, that she will have that second draft on Thanksgiving. So 2021, it will be out and it will be a three-part series. So even as she's going over the second draft, I am honestly going to start part three of that series and we're going to get that done because I actually love the characters with COVID with the child being home it's tough but we're going to clear all that out and we're going to get this done yay you guys don't know like that's some tea right there you just dished a little bit of tea but you gave me anxiety you gave me hope I read Faith Alone and there's a chapter at the end of Faith Alone for Switch. And then it's just, what? And I've been waiting. I'm super excited about that. Thank you. So I can't wait. I will support you in any way you need. So just let me know if it's food, if it's peace and quiet. Yes. Don't call you out when you're on Facebook. (laughs) So I'm like, I need to get on Facebook and get off Facebook before they get me. Just let me know. I'm here for you. I love you all because the fact that folks want switched is a blessing. And it's just, look, when I was writing Faith Alone, there were times when I knew, I was like, God, you want me to put that in there? You want me to put that in there? So I knew it wasn't just me. I wasn't just sitting here by myself. I know the Holy Spirit was here with me. So I have been praying. So that can be something that you can do to help me. Just pray that God gives me what he wants the readers to read. That's really the prayer. I can do that. 
I can do Thank that. You. Yeah. That's and I point. actually, I've heard this before. I think there's a book in me. I just started writing it two weeks ago. And mm-hmm. every weekend I meet with the writing group and we try to break it down into parts that we oh. can handle. And every week we push each other to write more. And November is actually novel writing month. There's quite a few clubs out there who push you to get a book in that yeah. month out. So yeah. I have my outline. I have my yep. Amazon book description. That's good. I'm about to design a cover just yes. to put all the pieces in place. That's but one, good. But somebody also once told me that when there's something that you're passionate about that you're supposed to write, you won't be able to put it down. You'll wake up in the middle of the mm-hmm. night, you'll have random thoughts and you won't be able to rest until it's true. they're put out. And I believe that's all God. Like when you have those types of epiphanies, yep. it's bigger than you. Yeah, exactly. And it and also proves it. your story is bigger than you, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I believe that. You yeah. keep writing and you get on part three. Yeah. I'll be ready for that too. Okay, okay. So- one of my last uh, couple questions, the name of the podcast is called The Purpose of Money. So I asked all my guests this, mm-hmm. what is your purpose for money? My purpose for money is really to build generational wealth. That is really my purpose for money. I am a single mom. I adopted my son when he was three months old. So I do want to leave him with something when I'm gone, but I want to instill in him the passion to create generational wealth as well for his kids. So that is actually my passion for money. Thank you. I love that. Last but not least, tell my listeners, how can we find you on all things social media and what is your website? Okay. My website is www.terryannjohnson.com. And you can find me on Facebook, author Terry Ann Johnson. Same with Instagram, author Terry Ann Johnson. On Twitter, I am T.A. Johnson 419. Got it. Don't worry, guys. I'll make sure to include all of that in the show notes. I want you to check out the link in the show notes for your direct copy of Terry Ann Johnson's book, Faith Alone. And when the movie comes out, we better have a watch party. I'm just saying everybody needs to get together and support this. We are here for you. Thank you, Terry, for being on the show. I really appreciate you. Thank you. I am so blessed. This is so nice. Congratulations on your podcast. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Purpose of Money podcast. For more resources and information, check out my website, thepurposeofmoney.com. And while you're there, please sign up for our newsletter so you have the latest information on new episodes and blog posts. Until next time, keep creating freedom in your life today.